Hey, it's Matt, Digital Director of Phoenix Magazine, coming to you from Santan Gardens. We're going to chat with Alejandro, the uh, head of sales here at Santan Brewing. Enjoy. All right, we're here at Santan Brewing, uh, the distillery where they uh, do all the brewing and the distilling for all their great products. You know, your Devil's Ale and your Sacred Stave. Just a wide variety of different brewed and distilled products. Here with Alejandro, the head sales manager at Santan Brewing. Alejandro, tell me about this place and why you, des why you guys decided to call it Santan Gardens now. Um, so it was an allusion to the fact that we wanted to build a beer garden on the backside of the brewery and distillery. Um, unfortunately, what we found out is that a retention basin is a retention basin. And once you want to try and put a beer garden on it, costs a lot of money and gravel and restructuring in order to turn it into that. So the garden's plan for us, which was supposed to be a beautiful garden in the back, turned into a beautiful patio and stage in the front. Uh, so it's just a little adaption and just kind of, we were trying to think of how do we do an all encompassing name for everything we do in this building? It's not just production anymore. It's not, you know, just tours or events or catering. It's a lot of different things. And, um, we wanted to give it a more venue style name. And so we came up with Santan Gardens. Yeah, so you guys could do, what, like concerts here, um, like corporate events, retreats. Oh, yeah. Do you ever do weddings here? Um, I believe we've already done some weddings here. Uh, weddings are a huge part of what we do in the catering department, um, whether it's here or down at the brew pub. Uh, rehearsal dinners are easily one of our top events that we do all year round. Um, but yeah, concerts, uh, we've had a live, we had Harlan Williams do stand-up comedy here outside. Um, so this beautiful stage, which we'll show you here in a little bit, uh, allows us to bring in lots of different acts, whether it's going to be music or entertainment of some sort. And then also we've got this mini stage uh, that we put inside for the dead of summer events. But once it gets in that little nicer, we'll probably use this a lot less unless it's a really small scale event and we'll focus the parties on the outside. Um, so that we can keep this room cleared and ready for tour groups and things like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. If you're listening to this on the podcast version, uh, we've got maybe about a five by 10 foot stage here, good for stand-up comedy or maybe a, a small like one-man yeah. band, maybe two-man band type thing. A couple and, people, uh, yeah. like when we do our psychedelic uh, Sundays and we have just a couple people, you know, maybe a couple guitars, nothing too complicated. Uh, yeah, just so that we can have small, intimate kind of entertainment here uh almost at all times and you got i mean we're surrounded by dozens and dozens of probably hundreds of barrels are these full lots of them and yes okay what's um, in there the question is how full depending on what stage they're in yeah uh, so typically any of the barrels that are in this room are probably pretty close to being done because this is a more climate controlled room meaning the barrels are not necessarily breathing as fast um, and when you say a barrel's breathing uh, heat makes a barrel expand as wood does and when it cools off it contracts and it squeezes the liquid that it sucked into the wood pores out back into solution. Um, so in here when we have a nice climate controlled room these barrels are getting pretty close to being done. Um, you are looking at uh, single malt in most of these barrels as is going to be the case uh, throughout the distillery. Single malts are crown jewel it's the liquid that we focus the most on. Yeah. It's the one we've won the most awards for. We've won a double gold for our single malt. We've won, I think, three or four total medals or total gold medals by now for single malt, which is about to become an American federally recognized category in whiskey, finally. Oh, nice. 
Uh, there's Irish single malts and Scotch single malts and mm -hmm. Japanese single malts. Finally, we'll have an American. What do you guys, what kind of competition do you win that at? Uh, New York, so we compete in two major spirits uh, competitions, the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Yeah, I've heard of that one, yeah. Which is massive, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's the one that uh, whenever you're out in stores, typically if you see a metal hanging off a bottle, it's almost always going to be that contest. Yeah. Kind of like GABF for us in beer or World Beer Cup even to an extent. Um, and then the other one is their sister competition, which is the New York World Wine and Spirits Competition. Um, same company that runs them both. The only difference is in San Francisco, you get more West Coast uh, um West Coast judges, and then you get more East Coast in New York. So you get a couple different palettes that are judging your, your spirits. And for single malt to metal in both of those competition tells us that doesn't matter what coast you're on or what taste buds you kind of have, single malt is true bona fide gold metal material. Yeah, and so a lot of that stuff that you were mentioning, your single malt, that's a lot of the stuff that people can find in like Total Wine or a liquor store here locally, right? Yeah, mom and pop liquor stores are the first things I point people towards. Okay. Uh, Total Wine's a great partner of ours. Um, they're the ones who have really helped us get our spirits out in a, in a more widely available uh, selection. They've got everything from our single malt or our Sacred Stave brands. They've got a few of the high-end brands that we do like Butcher Jones and Jacob Waltz. Um, they've also got our cocktail bitters. Um, they've got our RTDs. So yeah, they've been a strong supporter. Fry's has our single malt and one of our vodkas on the shelf as well. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully the answer is gonna be everywhere in the next year or two. Um, but yeah, I definitely suggest check your mom and pop liquor stores, check uh, Total Wines, uh, santanspirits.com slash find is yeah. the easiest way to find yeah, it. Yeah, I think people think of Santan, maybe they just think of like Devil's Ale for a while, but you guys have had this building now for almost the better part of a decade and it's allowed you to just do so much more than just beer. Obviously that's all in the back, but so much more in uh, spirits and bitters, like you were naming off all that stuff. This building allows you to do all that, right? Yeah, it's, um, you know, 30,000 square walk, walk feet of fun. As, as we talk about I it. I mean, I can even kind of give you a peek behind the door if these yeah, guys sure. are okay. This is our cocktail lab or our spirits lab, um, which you can see all the different bottles of barrels samples that they're collecting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we've got barrel samples in here. We've got flavors that we're playing with, whether they're raw natural ingredients um, or we're using some extracts to play with to dial in flavors to learn how to what we want to accomplish. Um, it's a good smelling room. It's I a great admit. smelling room, especially <laughs> considering right now they're they're working on a new flavor profile for us. And, you know, they come in here and test everything and play with different things. And they've got all this equipment with like Pico brews and all kinds of different things that they can use to extract flavors. Our cocktail bitters that we mentioned were developed in this room with our tincturist um, from all these natural ingredients. They are very botanical based. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a great place for us to learn, okay, well, what's next? And, um, you know, how do we get to a certain flavor profile that we're looking for? Sure, like sure. This? Yeah, good scientists at work in there. I mean, that's, that's a great lab to have. Um, you guys, we have these barrels here. You, you guys have the benefit of probably being able to rely on your own barrels then to put beer in. You have to try to go and find another distillery to get beer uh, barrels, right? We were never a big barrel aging brewery. It's yeah. In in this temperature and this climate, um, and I'm I know there's people that enjoy barrel aged beers year round, uh, but it's really hard to push barrel aged beers year round. Uh huh. Uh, we're here. We maybe get eight weeks where it's prime barrel aged 
dark, stout drinking weather. Yeah. Um, so we don't focus too much on it. We've okay. done, that's not to say we've never done it. I mean, I remember I came back from GA Buff one year uh, and tasted this fantastic uh, margarita goza and came back and was like, hey guys, is this something that we could replicate and do ourselves? And that required us aging a goza in a tequila barrel. Um, and it just came out fantastic. And we've done barrel aged versions of Sex Panther. We've got winter warmer that sits in barrels from time to time that uh, we called sacred warmer once upon a time. And mm -hmm. So we do play with them once in a while. It's just not something that you're gonna see constantly being kicked out of Santan's line. I gotcha, I gotcha. Are you guys um, putting any of these barrels then out, out to maybe a brewer that wants it then? That wants to do a barrel age? Anybody who asks, yeah, just okay. uh, let us know. Um, the sacred save barrels, I think we try and reuse as much out of it as we can. So yeah. a little bit behind sacred stave is um, they're finished on red wine barrels. So that's the unique uh, twist that we like to do on Sacred Stave. Um, and we try and get as much out of it as we can before the barrels are spent. You're not gonna get anything out, out of it anymore. Um, and aging a beer in that afterwards, yeah, you're gonna pick up some of those whiskey flavors and notes. Hopefully a little bit of the red wine is still in that barrel, but typically a whiskey distillate's gonna get past that, that wine marker on the, the staves and it's gonna be pulling any flavor that's left. Um, so I think once we get done with them, we've turned them into furniture, we've turned them into tables and yeah. um, display materials and stuff like that. We kind of use them until they're they're done. Um, but I'm sure they've been getting barrels out to plenty of people out there who are looking to have gotcha. some fun with okay. those. And uh, looking around this room, we got good room for a couple dozen people in here that come in. You guys are um, open like later afternoon, right, for this location here. Yeah. We're on what Warner between McQueen and Arizona here in Chandler. Yeah, um, you go east down Warner off of Arizona Ave. And if you've hit the train tracks, you've gone too far yep. um, because they're literally <laughs> right next to our building. Um, but yeah, we've got plenty of space here. Um, typically, this is more often than not going to be a, a tour hangout space as people get ready to go on their group tours. Um, the bar, about four o'clock, five o'clock when I get off, usually uh, uh, a usual suspects crew of uh, guys from Santan enjoying their shift beers. Um, some regulars that pop in here that live in the area. Um, definitely some parents from the gymnastics uh, place across from us uh, as they get a quick beer in while their their kids doing their I might routines. have to get my kids into g gymnastics so, so I could come just here just as you know? an excuse they're absolutely. like older boys but I'd be like guess what you're going to gymnastics guys <laughs> hey there's uh there's lots of uh fun to be had in gymnastics I, I wonder if I could do a balance beam my, my balance isn't very good but maybe after a few Santan spirits not so much right I don't think they let you in there after that <laughs> no no um, but yeah, so primarily you're going to have a lot of people waiting for tours in here. Um, definitely corporate events. We've had quite a few of those in here. Um, and, and we can show you the, the big stage as well. Yeah, the, the, the tours do, you guys do those all the time, right? And people just sign up for them online? Yeah, SantanTours.com. Uh, primarily they're going to be Friday, Saturday, Sundays are the, the big time frames. Um, obviously very popular to to be taking some time to go on a tour. It takes about an hour sure, sure. and a half, hour, hour and a half. Um, and if I remember correctly, 15 bucks a person and you get that back in samples during the tour. That's good uh, We want to make sure yeah. you get to taste a little bit of uh, different things. Like I know immediately on the tour, you get to taste a whiskey wash, which not a lot of places where you get to taste whiskey before it becomes whiskey. Mm -hmm. um, and so for those not familiar with the process, whiskey starts as a good beer. 
And that's the one thing that we hammer home is the importance of in order to make a good whiskey, you have to make a good beer first and not just the strongest beer. Yeah. That's a common misconception in distilling is I'll just make the highest ABV wash I can get um, because I'm just going to evaporate it and turn it into whiskey anyways. Well, that vapor still carries some of those flavor elements. And so if you're not taking good care and making a good beer first, you're going to come out with a subpar whiskey. Um, and so we let you taste the washes that we make so that you can see um, if we would have used a slightly different yeast and then actually finish it as a beer, it would have been a fantastic beer on its own, whether it's a rye beer or a, you know, a corn based whiskey, uh, bourbon uh, wash beer, they would come out fantastic. The single malt washes, I, every time we tap it, I love it. I'll take a little bit and drink Is that it. like super high in alcohol or is it very low? No, it's not going to be aggressively high. That's okay. that's the thing that um, I was mentioning earlier is that you don't just have to make a super high ABV beer. Um, it is going to taste more bubbly. It's got a different yeast to it, a distiller's yeast, not quite a champagne yeast, um, but something similar where when you taste the wash, yeah, it's going to have a more effervescent bubbly kind of flavor profile to it. But it you just let your taste buds taste the malts behind it, and yeah, it's it turns into a wonderful beer. I'll get right back to the interview, but first I wanted to let you know about the Arizona Craft Beer Awards and Festival coming to Glendale on Saturday, October 22nd. Check out azcraftbeer.com for our growing list of breweries, food trucks, and vendors coming to the festival. With the help of the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild, we recently judged more than 150 beers from dozens of breweries all over the state of Arizona across 14 categories and a Best in Show winner. We will celebrate the winners and the best craft brews Arizona has to offer at the inaugural ACBA Fest on Saturday, October 22nd on the Great Lawn outside of State Farm Stadium. Grab tickets today at azcraftbeer.com. Part of the proceeds benefit our great charity partner, the Joy Bus Diner. Now back to Hondro and Santan Gardens. Well, show me this outside patio because when you walk up, it's got this pretty great little, uh, like, just welcoming presence and um, I could see lights hanging up there. As we, we brought some tunes cranking, so it might oh, be a no worries. Hard to hear. We can we can listen to the tunes. So it's kind of a, I mean, we're doing this in what mid September of 2022, and you, this is going to be one of those spots that you're going to want to come to during the evenings and even during the day when it gets uh, nice fall and winter weather. Yeah, this place Plenty is... Plenty of speeding for, or seating here for a ton of people. And yeah, we turn this into a pretty hopping place when we have our shows come. We've got a Headbangers Ball coming up, which is gonna have um, a Metallica cover band, an ACDC cover band, a couple others as well. Um, so they'll take the stage and you can see all this room we have, whether it's gonna be actual seating or standing room. Uh, plenty of places to hang out and enjoy the show. Yeah, good stage. I mean, carpets of Arizona across the street, they're not going to mind a heavy metal band here, right? Not at all. And typically <laughs> we've got a backdrop uh, oh, go. to okay. kind of keep the eyes on the, the entertainment instead of the, the street. I think when Harlan Williams was here, he was joking as the closest he's ever been to a street during a show. <laughs> Um, it's kind of fun. It kind of reminds me of if uh, you've ever been up to Flagstaff, they had uh, Flagstaff Brewing Company, yeah, that, that old spot. It's got yeah. that great patio, um, kind of like a courtyard. Yeah. And they do band. They do bands. It's pretty popular. Flag Brew is awesome. Yeah. I love going up yeah. there. And that square, really, whether you're going to grab noodles or Flag Brew or mm -hmm. a cocktail, um, that whole area is fantastic. But yeah, it backs up right into kind of a public space and um, a good spot. I mean, uh, there's no complaints here. I used to live right across the street and would be able to walk over here and just hang out on the patio with my dog and 
grab a quick beer and head back home. And this is, uh, you can bring your own food here, yep. DoorDash, Grubhub, something here. And then for certain events, you guys have the food truck there, the Santan Catering food truck for some of your bigger events, right? Yeah, we'll get the, the food truck food truck cranking uh, so that we have a live kitchen on site that we can cook fresh food up uh, right here, right now. Um, but for the most part, it's just grab your grub. You got a favorite local restaurant you like to support? Grab some to go, come grab a beer and hang out and enjoy. We don't, it's not a sports bar type mentality. There's TVs up, but they're usually sure. just playing music videos or uh, educational videos on Santan. We don't play sports here really. It's This is mostly meant to be just a neighborhood kind of hangout spot to grab a beer on your way home. You know, there's plenty of residential around here. Um, there's a massive trail that goes through here to a park. Uh, so yeah, it's a great opportunity, especially once the weather gets nicer. Take the dog for a good walk and then come stop and reward yourself with a beer and hang out. Um, a little bit of a merchandise retail store here as compared to our brew pub in downtown Chandler, which doesn't have a lot of room for that. So we've got a few more options here. I definitely recommend anybody that needs Santan gear. This is the main yeah, place. Yeah, get the merch get here. I'll, I'll walk inside and I'll show that off here. You guys have been doing so many great beers for a long time, whether it's Moon Juice, Juicy Jack, where we got Mr. Pineapple. Now that one won a, I want to say that one won a World Beer Cup award, maybe? Silver Medal, Silver Medal? Yeah. Uh, GABF, and World Beer Cup. Right. It is our most decorated beer, which is hilarious, yeah. considering that's an accidental beer. Isn't that always the case? You know, like I was talking to uh, Jesse, who used to work for Santan. He, worked, he brews at Oro now, and he won a World Beer Cup silver for a beer that he didn't even want to brew. To I was start. reading he doesn't the even article, like, you know? yeah. And uh, Jesse, I, I texted him and congratulated him as soon as I could. And uh, it's a huge testament to, you know, guys starting here or having some experience here and going on and doing great things. Um, but yeah, Mr. Pineapple, just like what happened with Jesse is, you made a beer, maybe not the brewer's favorite beer to make, um, but it happens to be the one that people love the most. And yeah, um, you know, Mr. Pineapple, when it was first developed, um, was a scorched batch of Hefeweizen, and they needed to find a way to try and save it if they could. This is back in the very early days of Santan, where uh, dumping an entire batch would be pretty catastrophic. Uh -huh. um, it's not to say it wouldn't happen, because once it's past a certain quality breaker, you do not want to try and save something like that. So they ended up finding out that some pineapple juice blended into these Hefe kegs turned into a fantastic pineapple wheat beer. Um, and as the legend goes, the beer was submitted to GABF without uh, Anthony's full notice. Um, Anthony, the owner. <laughs> Anthony Konecchia, yep. founder, owner, yep. uh, head honcho here. And they were hanging out at the theater getting ready for the GABF awards in Denver. and. Uh, you know, they called it up, fruit, wheat, beer category, silver medal, Mr. Pineapple, Santan Brewing Company, Chandler, Arizona. Um, and as the legend goes, Anthony came off the stage and went to his brewers and said, does anybody remember how we made this? Because now we have to. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, is that sort of a history lesson that people can expect on the tour when they come here? Yeah, hopefully. And I know each of the tour guides have a little bit of a different um, kind of thing they focus on. There's, there's kind of a main like the things that we have to teach you, right? We have to teach you about how beer is made and yeah. where Santan came from and things like that. Stories like how Mr. Pineapple came to be or how ASU got really mad about our original name for Devil's Yeah, Ale. I know that story pretty well. Um, we told that on a previous episode and uh, it's still kind of, you know, it's it's funny the the origins of De of Devil's Ale here, I'll point at it. Is this still your most popular beer? No, unfortunately, um, I, it's 
my Alejandro uh, most popular beer yeah, because sure. I love to drink Devil's for Ale. Sure. Good pale um, ale, yeah. But Devil's Ale, as you can probably imagine, as beer trends decided to switch or started to switch, uh, Moon Juice became our flagship. Oh, okay. Um, by far. Part of that is because of the explosion of the Moon Juice 24 ounce can. Um, we like to think that we were the first craft beer in a uh, tall can like that. 192s were around, bomber bottles were around. There was not a 24 ounce craft beer can. What happened to bombers, by the way? I was thinking about those cans. I think yeah. cans really helped um, end the kind of bomber craze. Um, I, I, I would really venture to guess on what else could have happened with bombers because I mean bombers were great for sharing right it was the perfect opportunity and vessel mm -hmm. for people to say okay um, you know I don't probably want to buy a 20 some dollar bottle of, of uh, beer but I know me and my three friends will gladly split it and split the bottle um, I'd, be, I'd be really curious to know exactly why people moved away from it I know breweries moved away from it um, once 24 ounce cans came into being that was a great one. And then we've also seen um, the explosion of the 16 ounce can, right? The, yeah. the, the silver can with the paper label on it, they seem to be everywhere. And those seem to be the new bombers, right? Those, those seem to be the new ones that people will get together. And instead of four or five friends, well, it's just you and one other buddy or you and two friends that you'll split a 16 ounce can over. Sure. Um, so it seems that people have kind of shifted to those uh, as opposed to the good old fashioned. And trust me, there's there's still great 22 ounce bombers that are out there of really high end, um, you know, mostly sours and those kind of beers or big stouts. Uh, they're still out there. They're just not as dominant as they once were. And I have to assume that's because of and crawlers. We're not even mentioning crawlers. Crawlers are a fantastic sharing opportunity and you For get sure. a few more ounces out of it. So. I'll get right back to the interview, but first I wanted to let you know about the Arizona Craft Beer Awards and Festival coming to Glendale on Saturday, October 22nd. Check out azcraftbeer.com for our growing list of breweries, food trucks, and vendors coming to the festival. With the help of the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild, we recently judged more than 150 beers from dozens of breweries all over the state of Arizona across 14 categories and a best in show winner. We will celebrate the winners and the best craft brews Arizona has has to offer at the inaugural ACBA Fest on Saturday, October 22nd on the Great Lawn outside of State Farm Stadium. Grab tickets today at azcraftbeer.com. Part of the proceeds benefit our great charity partner, the Joy Bus Diner. Now back to Hondro and Santan Gardens. Looking at the merch, you guys have some State 48 gear, great local company. Love those guys. Santan Brewing shirts. They're our neighbors uh, just down Arizona Ave. They're on Guadalupe. They went to Chandler High. Um, Mike and Nick and the boys are um, uh, very close to Santan and we try and work with them as, on as many projects as we can. We usually have one or two shirts, uh, collaboration shirts with them at all times, uh, just to keep that Chandler and Chandler local connection. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen those around. Obviously, I'd, I follow State 48 a bunch and, and see their merch everywhere, but uh, this is the first, are you guys the only brewery that, th that they're working with? No, I there's more. I know there's a few others okay. uh, that they've partnered with, um, but we try and make sure that we've always got something with them. And right now it looks like we have up to three. I think we may have a fourth. But okay, okay, We've cool. got three with them right now. And yeah, just another way for us to give back to Chandler um, in a 
business environment as opposed to a, a charity community environment. And there's always a lot of new stuff going on here at Santan. When I walked in, you were uh, sampling a little R&D product. Uh, you don't have to say what it was or anything. But oh, more than happy that, to introduce That's one of the it. perks of uh, coming here to work, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why we have this fantastic bar back here is to try some different things, uh, put some rare beers up. And once we walk around, I'll show you, you know, we've got a two barrel system in this building, which obviously not great for sales and marketing, fantastic yeah. for R&D and for the brewery. Uh, so we've got a few specialty beers right now, what we're dialing in that you got to see me dialing in. Um, we're coming up with the next fall seasonal for us. So we haven't released a new fall seasonal in quite a few years. Uh, and this year we're going to release a beer called Lumberjack, which is a uh, oatmeal maple amber. Uh, which is fantastic in the first iterations that I've had, and they're getting it finalized because we start canning later this week. Sure. Um, we start going to market in about three weeks on that beer, and it'll start hitting shelves real soon. Yeah, it's going to sound fantastic when it rolls into October, perfect time of year for to, to release that. Um, A different fall seasonal. It's, you know, we, of course, Oktoberfest is huge for us. Yeah. It's, um, I would put our Oktoberfest up against anybody across the country. It is more Arizona style where it drinks a little bit drier and lighter um, than maybe your East Coast uh, Oktoberfest beers. And then, you know, it's either Oktoberfest or pumpkin, right? Those are kind of mm -hmm. your two fall options, it seems like these days. Um, so we said, you know what, why don't we try and come up with a different fall beer that doesn't have to do with pumpkin? We'll shorten our Oktoberfest season just a little bit and try something new. And that was the birth of Lumberjack. Um, which is going to have these nice maple uh, kind of caramelly notes to it on that wonderfully velvety oatmeal amber. Yeah. Um, and just something slightly different for people to enjoy in the fall where it's not pumpkin or October. It's, do you guys do a something. pumpkin beer? We don't. No, and okay. uh, that's something uh, that we'll stick to for the most part. Yeah. I, I think we did a small batch of one for the pub just, um, just to have it, taste it, see how it is. Um, but full push now. We'll, we'll like Sex Panther doesn't ever get like a pumpkin no, variant or anything all. like that. And yeah. pumpkin and chocolate, I'd be interested to see how that goes. Right. Um, you know, Sex Panther more often than not. Um, I love the barrel age versions we do. Every once in a while, we'll do what we call Cafe Panther, um, which is coffee steeped Sex Panther, uh, which is fantastic, right? Natural mm -hmm. chocolate notes come out of coffee anyways. And then you add that kind of cold brew bite behind a nice, rich double chocolate porter. Um, that is easily one of my favorite beers that we do occasionally. Um, but yeah, we just, pumpkin's not our thing. Pumpkin and uh, peanuts are really not our, okay, our sure. forte. Uh, sure. Here. I mean, the St. Dan Hefeweizen has been around for as long as I can remember. That's another great fall beer, but you guys have that on year, year round. round. That's yeah. a mainstay. Yeah. yeah, and Hefeweizen's just, it's one of those beers that we try and stay as true to Bavarian style as we can on it. Because like you mentioned, it can be a very nice fall beer, but here in Arizona, wheat beer is great year round. Sure. That's, our climate just screams wheat beer. There's a reason why wheat beers were the top craft beer category in the state of Arizona for a very long time. A lot of it thanks to Blue Moon, but there were tons of other great wheat options out there, um, including our Hefeweizen when it was available in cans. Now it's draft only, which it's even doing better. Um, and just a fantastic wheat beer and that Hefeweizen led into what Mr. Pineapple is now. I looked at the Sky Harbor beer. I haven't heard of that one before. What is that one? So Sky Harbor is a, I would say a rebrand, except, uh, so this is Santan's Lager, formerly known as 1920, until we got a friendly phone call from another brewery that said, 
we own that. <laughs> um, so we changed it to just Santan Lager for a while. Um, when it was in cans, it was just called Santan Lager. We originally wanted to call it Sky Harbor Lager. Um, it's an homage to the fact that we have a pub at Terminal 3 in Sky Harbor uh, Airport. Um, and that lager was really crafted um, for the airport or with the airport in mind, uh, because we knew that your travelers coming in and out, um, some of them just want a really light lager. That's it. Mm -hmm. They just, they want something simpler. Some Sunspot, which isn't available here, is oftentimes our number one beer at the brew pub. Yeah. And that's the same kind of ma mindset of um, your Coors Light drinker that comes in uh, isn't gonna have that available. So let's have something, uh, it's not close per se, but comparable if you will. Um, and there's a light beer option for them. And now we have Sky Harbor Lager. We have, I think, two or three other lagers on tap right now at the pub um, with Day Tripper, which is gonna be a more hoppy lager. Um, we've got River King, which is our partnership with Gila River Casinos. Yep. Uh, we've got more of a tangerine bite on a light lager there. Um, fantastic beer, I've been drinking that quite a bit. Um, does really well with micheladas too. That nice tangerine bite on a michelada comes in really well. Um, so we've got a few different lager options to cater to the person that's not quite into craft beer yet. They haven't, we call Epicenter the gateway to craft beer drinking as yeah. most Ambers are. Um, I am a prime example of that. Uh, when I first moved back to Arizona, which uh, many years ago, uh, Devil's Ale was still too hoppy for me. It was mm -hmm. not in my flavor profile. It wasn't on my palate. And so Epicenter is what started me on it. And yeah. eventually I was able to gain an appreciation for Devil's Ale and Hop Shock and then Moon Juice when it came out. And yeah, yeah. It sounded a lot, it's a, I think a lot of people agree with that, like Fat Tire back in the day or like a, drinking a Killian's or something, yeah. those type of reds. Yeah, and our friends at Four Peaks, Kill Lifter's yeah. a great one to get people into yep. craft beers as well. And there's been tons of great amber style, whether it's you know Scottish style or even more towards the brown end, Co Oak, Oak Creek's Brown, I think got a lot of people into craft mm -hmm. beers. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of good examples, not just our own, but throughout the state of that gateway to craft beer that then allows people to go, okay, you know what? Now that I know a dark beer doesn't necessarily mean hoppy, let's taste a dark beer. And I'll put that in quotes because a caramel beer is technically not dark to me. Um, let's try a malty beer with now a hop bite to it. And then yeah. they go into Devils and Hop Shock and things like that. So back to that 1920. So you, you guys might be, are you guys leading the league now in like uh, friendly phone calls or otherwise known as what, cease and desist? Or <laughs> um, When a lawyer gets involved and hours are paid, right. that's when it turns into cease and desist. Yeah. I would be, I would not be surprised to know that there are probably breweries out there that kind of aim for those. It's, yeah. you, you, got, you get in the news for a little bit if it turns into a cease a name, and desist. For, sure. for us, it's always just been a friendly phone call. There's a reason why not many people know that story is because it's not something we're going to advertise. We didn't yeah. purposely, you know, when we named that beer 1920, it was to um, name it after the year that the city of Chandler was incorporated. There you go. Also happens to be right around the time the prohibition ends. Um, and there's a brewery up, Distill, uh, I think, is the one that owns it. Sure. Um, and there, it was just, you know, friendly phone call. And we've made those phone calls. We've received those phone calls um, just to say, hey, man, just to make you aware, you know, there's a trademark owned on this, yep. whether, you know, we're getting or sending that message. Um, and it always turns amicably. It's always just, hey, you know, we've got some inventory of cans that we need to go through. Are you cool with that? You know, those kind of agreements just kind of show how 
not every craft beer situation is a stone miller situation yeah um you know a lot of it just gets resolved with a quick phone call and a lot of it's just cool thanks just want to make you aware thank you for the heads up you know we'll go ahead and finish through this and we'll be done with that as a brand name and we'll figure something else out as long as the quality of the beer stays um you know as much as i'm in sales and marketing and a name does really matter at a certain point at the end of the day if the quality of the beer is great you can get away with most names and you'll still be okay on it. It's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just the name of a beer, right? It's not, not gonna really kill anybody, but uh, you wanna make sure that you're treating everyone else with respect. And these days it's harder, right, you know, right. with how many breweries there are out there and how many different names there are, and you aren't sure who's got what trademarked. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an expert at using the USPTO's uh, database to make sure, hey, you know, are we close? You know, things like that. I'll do some initial research when we come up with names to make sure we're in the clear. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the nature of the game when there's this many breweries and that many beers out there is you're eventually going to run into something that somebody else is already yeah, using. Yeah. You'll think it's the greatest idea and <laughs> forget that. Usually the greatest ideas have probably already been thought of. Exactly, exactly. You just have to uh, try to copy and not be too close to somebody else, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm looking at the, the wall here. You got some events listed. What are some of the big events coming up here at the back to this uh, event venue Santan Gardens is going to host? So the next big event that we're hosting is coming up on the 24th um that is going to yeah, be a saturday yeah. massive party this saturday uh, i believe you're coming to hang out with us absolutely uh we're calling it beer bourbon barbecue and a band this is not the first time we've done this event we did it in spring this year when we were just testing events out here as the patio is being finalized um, but that's going to be huge they're going to have a pig rose trey odom's coming down to play some music nick moody nick moody as well um, there's two different types of tickets you can just get ga standing room only for 12 bucks um, there's VIP, which guarantees you a seat for the stage, uh, which is 30 bucks. You also get a food voucher for that. Um, they're gonna have tons of food options available. Uh, there's a whole list of calendar events there. We just had our Jacob Waltz release party on Sat on Sunday, which was huge. And that's the bottled and bond bourbon that you. you this guys is doing the that? rarest thing we do. Let me pull you a bottle to see it. Um, this is our four-year 100 proof bottled and bond bourbon mm -hmm. okay four years yeah um when we initially set out in spears we made a whole lot of single malt not a lot of bourbon and rye um we started to add more inventory but of course time has to take place uh and so we only have two actual barrels just like you see up on the wall that come online a year for this beer or this whiskey right now which means at a max we're getting around 400 bottles per season um, and in order for it to be bottled and bond, it's got to be a lot of different stipulations, including it's got to be from one distilling season. It's aged in the same barrel. It is four year minimum age. It is grain to glass hours. Um, and it also has to be proof to exactly 100. Um, and because of that, we're very limited. So there's only have to be like one person has to be in charge of the barrel or something too, or is that something else? You're supposed to have it in a government warehouse. This is a bonded facility. Therefore mm -hmm. we're allowed to store it here. And as long as Brandt and the distilling team keeps all the paperwork clean and they've got everything tracked. And if anybody ever needs to audit it, we're in the clear, we're allowed to do bottled and bond products from here. Um, so yeah, it's just making sure that, you know, we're staying honest about what's in the liquid and the paperwork matches that. And yeah, it turns into this fantastic bottle. It is named after the Lost Dutchman of the mm -hmm. Superstition Springs. Um, allegedly, gold hidden out in the mountain, in the Superstition Mountains. Uh, there are real gold veins still in the mountains, some of them unreachable from what we were learning. 
Um, but Jacob Waltz is a very real person um, that has this kind of Goonies type treasure hunt uh, that people are still trying to solve to this day. Yeah, and if you listen to our previous episode of the uh, Phoenix Mag podcast with Bonehouse, you know Jacob Waltz has a, a made-up nephew, Hans von Biermann. So um, good stuff here. Um, looking forward to seeing uh, this event in its full potential coming up this Saturday. For the it's it's the four beers right it's it's beer bourbon barbecue and a band right there you go awesome that awesome. middle poster just above you yeah. you know, you'll get all the details in there and uh, you know Trey Odom Pedro's, what kind of music is Trey Odom known for uh, Trey Odom is going to be more like folk country if I remember correctly okay. it's been a while since I've listened to Trey um, rather big name for us uh, coming down here obviously we're not going to be pulling in. Uh, the Foo Fighters and stuff like that. We're going to have a lot of cover bands here. We're going to have a lot of smaller bands. Uh, more locally known musicians are definitely coming through here. Uh, we've had our friend Brian Chartrand come through here. Um, as you can see, we've got another uh, uh, lineup of tributes that are coming through, whether it's a, as I mentioned, the Foo Fighters, Alice in Chains, Rage Against the Machine. We've got lots of good cover bands coming through here. And then every once in a while, we'll pop and do uh, a pretty big uh, event with a bigger name. Okay, there's the event there, Saturday the 24th, Beer Bourbon Barbecue Band, four to 10 o'clock. Do people need to buy tickets? I guess it's standing room only, $12 uh, advanced purchase, 15 days, or $15 for the day of the event. Uh, there's VIP seating available for 30 bucks. There's a, you're gonna have a pig roast, you're gonna have uh, stuff on the food truck, Right here, Santan Gardens, there's the address if you're watching this on YouTube here, 495 East Warner Road. It's on Warner, pretty easy to find. It's a huge building right off the side. Yeah, uh, santanbrewing.com slash events is where you'll go. And not just for this weekend's events, but you can see everything that's coming up and that's where you'll grab your tickets for the ticketed events. Um, we've got our Oktoberfest coming back for the first time in quite a few years. Uh, we are doing a joint partnership with uh, Pedal House out of downtown Chandler. And we're going to throw a much smaller Oktoberfest than what people are familiar with from Santan. Um, but it's going to be a, a great time with our friends at Pedal House uh, right in front of the brew pub in Dr. A.J. Chandler Park. Um, only 15 bucks in advance. It's going to be a great day. It's just your normal Oktoberfest shenanigans, just a little bit smaller than uh, the bigger parties we've thrown uh, over the past year, uh, 15 years. And that's on Saturday, October 1st. 3 to 11 are the Oktoberfest downtown Chandler, not this location. It's the uh, out, right outside the original brew pub, downtown Chandler. Right out front. That's really blown up recently. You got Pedal House moved in there a couple years ago. Um, uh, Craft 64 is down there. Yeah. The Perch. I mean, there's, there's a lot of great stuff. In yeah, downtown Look Chandler. Cinema, um, Pedal House, uh, Perch. I think oh, that's Sleepy Whale's Craft 64, down the Courthouse. Way, yeah. Um, so it's turned into a pretty big craft beer haven down there. Um, and we're, you know, we're all encompassing as far as the more the merrier. Um, yeah. When we heard Julian and, the, and Doc and the team from Pedal House were opening, we said, great. Um, that's just more variety for people to come down. 
And if they're not hanging out at Santan, we just hope they're somewhere in downtown Chandler. Yeah, it makes a downtown kind of good and walkable. That's yeah. kind of what I wrote about in the last issue. There's, you go to uh, like downtown Mesa, there's all these places that are walkable. There's downtown Chandler's kind of the same way now. Yeah, and it took Gilbert some years to get there too. And mm -hmm. as a product of the East Valley, I've been born and raised in this area. You know, I grew up around downtown Mesa. I definitely lived behind downtown Gilbert. I've worked in downtown Chandler for 10 years now. Um, and it's cool to see all these downtowns, you know, some of them had to revitalize a little bit um, and turn into a central hub of, yeah, we can just, we can go down there and we can catch a great dinner at Santan, go watch a live show at Murphy's Law, um, head over to the distillery if I want to go do some line dancing and two-stepping and, um, you know, fancy dinner at DC Steakhouse. There's so many different nights that you can have in downtown Chandler. Um, depending on how you craft it and how you how you align what you're going to do and still come back and there's more. Now we have a barcade down there, which is brand new, the Uncommon and another place where you can grab a Santan beer and, um, you know, go play some games down there, which is fantastic for somebody like me that grew up with video games my whole life. And yeah, it's it's really fun to see it, not just in Chandler, but in Mesa and Gilbert and Glendale now um, with their downtown scene really po uh, getting popular. And, you know, Old Town Scottsdale was kind of the the model, if you will, of everybody saying, we kind of want something like that. Um, you know, Mill Avenue, those kind of environments of, yeah, I can just throw my car in the parking garage. I'm gonna go have some drinks. I'll get it tomorrow, it'll be fine. Um, and I've got this whole area where I can go explore and have different things that I want. Yeah. And if you come off the beaten path here to Santan Gardens, um, awesome event f facility, check the hours online. They're, they're kind of late afternoon, but Saturday is gonna be a big party here. I'm looking forward to it, Alejandro. I will see you on Saturday for the beer, bourbon, barbecue, and band. I appreciate your time, my man. Love to see you, and uh, we'll catch you guys on Saturday.